0: It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. morning, Keith. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. Let's start with U.S. President Joe Biden on the ground in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Busy day for him. He's got meetings with Trudeau. Of course, he will give a, a, a speech to the House of Commons later,
1: to today. Uh, later today. later this morning. As a yeah. of fact, just minutes away from his uh, address to uh, Parliament.
0: Oh, is he speaking this hour here? Is that coming up? I think, think up? it's at 11.
1: Oh, I think he finishes at eleven
0: fifteen. Oh, okay. What do you? Well, let's listen to this. This is recorded just a short time ago. So this is Biden and Trudeau having a photo op here. You'll hear Biden speak briefly, and then listen to the questions that reporters are shouting out. Have a listen. It's an honor to be here. We have a lot to talk about, and uh, I, uh, I think we're going to think we get a lot done today. Mr. President, our here What Canada? Uh, Canada. Uh, yeah. Canada, with China. Okay, guys, thank you very much. okay, reporters asking him his thoughts on the China interference story in Canada. He does not answer well, the I don't think.
1: I don't <laughs> even think that's on the agenda. So traditionally yeah. when U.S. presidents and Canadian prime ministers get together, there's two issues that dominate, military and trade. And that's what's going to be on the table today. NORAD is going to be discussed, uh, sending more of a military presence in Haiti is on the table uh, you're going to see trade issues address the buy America, buy U.S. first policy that Biden is in. As you, we talked about yesterday, that's a top priority for Trudeau to get that relaxed, to get more Canadian products into the U.S. marketplace. So those are the issues that are going to dominate.
0: Right. Also, on trade, I know if you look at the trade that goes across the Canada-U.S. border in Ontario, a lot of it related to the auto industry. Like the auto industry, Mm -hmm. auto manufacturing in Ontario and then in like Michigan, for example, is almost completely integrated. Like They depend on each other. And there are... Ambitions by Canada to build more electric vehicles on our side of the border—that's so that's a big one too. That's a
1: big one too. That's yeah. going to be that's top of mind as well with uh, Biden and Trudeau. So yeah, electric vehicle and everything, all issues that flow from that, including the minerals required to to make electronic vehicles, are, yeah. is going to be talked about as well. So again, trade and military are always the issues.
0: The Los Angeles Times here this morning that the U.S. and Canada have already struck a deal. That will allow each country to turn back asylum seekers crossing the northern border. This has been a big problem for Trudeau, Trudeau at the Roxham, Roxham Road, Road border yep. crossing in Quebec. Yeah,
1: and that relates to sort of national security, uh, which is flows from the military uh, issue. Uh, again, that's border issues also always um, on the agenda when the two leaders meet.
0: Right. According to the Los Angeles Times, this deal has already been hammered out. Mm -hmm. Canada will agree to accept uh, some more asylum seekers on our side of the border in return for uh, more security at that particular uh, border crossing, which is not an official border crossing. That's why people cross there. That's right. Because if they cross there, they now go into the immigration system or the refugee Mm -hmm. system. Yeah, it's not
1: a a regulated border crossing, and it's very unusual. don't see many of them in Canada, but uh, that's been certainly in the news in, uh, with high high uh, priority and profile in the last few weeks. So we expect an
0: official announcement on that later today as this uh, summit meeting continues here. Now, yesterday we talked about some other sort of memorable visits by U.S. presidents and meetings and their relationships with Prime Minister. And we were just talking off the air, probably some of the more famous ones, Ronald Reagan and Brian Mulroney, bosom buddies, right, the Shamrock, Shamrock Summit.
1: summit. Yeah, singing When Irish Eyes Are Smiling. Irish Eyes Are
0: Smiling. They were like good buddies. And then you think about some of these other presidents and their relations with prime ministers. Maybe one of the frostiest ones, Nixon and Pierre Trudeau.
1: And Kennedy and Diefenbaker. Yeah, right. Those two probably the worst relationships. Right. The first uh, U.S. president to visit Canada was the forgettable Warren Gamil Harding. Oh. Warren Harding. Um. Uh, one of the most uh, low-rated presidents in yes. U.S. history, very corrupt administration. Uh, FDR uh, yeah. came up met uh, in 1938 in the midst of the depression about to working together. Um, you've got uh, we had Barack Obama. Donald Trump was in Quebec for the G7. People, mm. people may forget that wasn't a, it wasn't a one-on-one meeting, but he was in in Canada uh, during his administration. So it's always interesting to see these these leaders get together. I expect it to be a very positive meeting with Biden and Trudeau. Yeah. I mean, he's a Democrat, so he's he's not a right winger. Um, they've got a lot of common ground. But again, it's going to be interesting to see. I think Trudeau's got to push back on this by U.S. policy. By yeah, U.S. First for policy. sure. That's a real critically important issue for for Canada.
0: Absolutely. There's a lot of jobs here in Canada on the line on that. So let's go back in time here now to another memorable vis- visit by a U.S. president. So This is U.S. President Ronald Reagan. Okay, so here he is speaking to the House of Commons, and you'll hear him get heckled here. And as you pointed out yesterday, the heckling came from... Sven Robinson. Sven Robinson.
1: Kennedy, NDP MP.
0: Right, so a BCMP heckles Ronald Reagan here during this speech. Listen to how Reagan handles it. The Soviet Union continues to support brutal wars of communist governments against their own people. In Nicaragua, we see such a campaign on our own shores... Is there an echo in here? (laughs) (laughs) The heckler was New Democrat's Van Robinson. It is entirely appropriate that uh, members of Parliament uh, should be free to voice our concerns. uh... This is a big deal at the time. Oh my goodness, he heckled Reagan.
1: He infuriated his party leader, Ed Broadbent. Oh, And I can't remember what the discipline was, but I I think he may have been stripped of his critic... Portfolio or something like that, but yeah. Broadbent was furious at, at Robinson for this.
0: Reagan was very good at handling hecklers. If you go online oh, and just search there. that, there's some very memorable uh, exchanges in, between in, Reagan in, and hecklers. In, in, in,
1: and also in debates. Yeah. When he was with, uh, I think it was in one of the presidential debates where he said, I'm, I'm paying for this microphone or something. He said, yeah. George Bush. Yeah. You know. Uh, so, no, he was very cool on his feet. Former actor. Yeah, of right. Course. So yeah. it was... Uh, I mean, Reagan was arguably the best communicator. Oh, sure. Of, of all oh, the presidents. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Okay. Um, but closer to home here, there was a recall campaign had been launched against David Eby. So this was a group of citizens who said Eby was a dictator. So they actually started a formal petition drive to basically remove him from office, right? Recall him. So
1: this was led by an anti-vaxxer. Yeah, this is an anti vax thing. Yeah,
0: yeah. And... And this is uh, uh, under our system, right? You have to go to elections B.C. to get this process certified.
1: Well, and it's a very high bar, as it should be. You have yeah. to get uh, a certain number of signatures in every riding in B.C. Uh, and to uh, to recall a politician. So the bar is justifiably set very high because yeah. you don't want frivolous complaints. This is a completely frivolous complaint. And, and action by these anti-vaxxers and it justifiably failed.
0: Okay, and it officially has failed. So Elections BC has certified now they did not meet the threshold for collecting these which everyone knew was was the no, case. This is why be... it
1: got no media coverage.
0: Right. And, and by...
1: didn't even talk about it until now.
0: Well yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. But here's the thing. We've got this recall law in BC and it has never been successfully used. The only the one time that it looked like it was going to actually succeed was against a liberal MLA named Paul Reitzma. Now, tell me that, AK, tell me that story.
1: So, yeah, uh, MLA for Parksville Colicum, yeah. just only in the midst of his first term. And his local paper published a story with the headline, Our MLA is a liar and we can prove it. Yes. And they found out that he had been sending letters to the editor, to the paper, praising his job.
0: Praise, he's praising himself, praising himself, and yeah.
1: announcing his political opponents, and but right. signing them with a with a, an alias. Yes, Warren Batenko. Yes, was that was alias. one of many aliases. Yeah, that he... was one of my. That was the main alias. Yeah, that was, yeah, was the un, famous. They one. unearthed that, and Reitzman was expelled from the caucus. There was a recall campaign. It looked like it was going to succeed, but we, I don't. If I recall, I don't think Elections BC actually signed off on it because he resigned before the outcome could be known.
0: Right, and. The job that was done by that local newspaper in exposing this in Parksville was just awesome. It was, mm-hmm. just, it was just fantastic work because what they did was these letters were arriving at the newspaper and they were handwritten. So what they did was they hired a former RCMP handwriting analyst. They got a, a genuine sample of Paul Reitzman's writing, compared it, and they said, there's no doubt he's been writing these letters to us. Mm-hmm. And that's how they did the famous headline. I also
1: think they saw him actually drop off a letter once. Yeah. Which was also part of their investigation. Yeah, yeah. it was just stellar work by them. But I'll never forget, I mean, the headline it was just like in 64
0: point type. Like yeah, right it was like, it was like Man man Walks on the Moon type. type. Our MLA's a liar. Very and we, memorable. We can, we and I can remember
1: Wrightsman was sent to an office, if yeah. you recall, expelled from the Liberal Caucus. He got the office off the Hall of Honor, and we're all gr- gathered outside trying to get a comment from him. He wouldn't come out. Yeah. And he waited for several hours until a grade three class school tour came through and then he made his move figuring there's no way we would follow him because we'd have to knock over these little kids t- these little 10 year olds <laughs> but sure enough he came out and the camera i knew the cameramen weren't going to stop and we ended up picking up little kids and moving them like, <laughs> like, like chessboard pieces around the hall of honor to make sure they weren't trampled by the cameras
0: okay let's go back in time here so you'll hear lib- the, then liberal mla paul writes here have a listen It was a scandal that cost him his seat in the legislature. The MLA for Parksville Qualicum was caught penning letters to the editor under a false name. I am ashamed and humiliated for not telling the truth about the letters I have been involved in. Now, here's the thing. They, he refused to resign, and citizens in Parksville started a, a recall petition against him, just like they did against David Eby here, but they signed up almost the whole town, yeah. To to get him to resign, and just before that was certified, they had it appeared they had m- way more than they needed in signatures to do this. Then he resigned. Yeah, so that's why it was never certified. It was, it was never
1: certified. It was yeah. never it was never documented. But it seemed that the odds were pretty good that he was yeah. going to get. So here's a trivia question: Who replaced
0: him? Oh boy! Who won the by-election? I, I can't remember. No, I'm trying. Do to you remember? remember? <laughs> no. Judith Reed. All right, Keith Baldry is my guest. Baldry's beat. Let's go to your phone calls, Kathy in Abbotsford. Hi, Kathy. Go ahead. Hi.
1: Yeah, I don't need to have a response, but I just wanted to. Um, I feel that it's a bit disrespectful to um, to call the group of people that were protesting as or trying to get signatures to call them anti-vaxxers. You know, they have a different opinion. Granted, but I don't think we need to use that kind of talk.
0: What should they be called?
1: Well, no, there's not a group of people. There is a guy, an individual who oh, he's got r- some people is, working with him. Yeah, but this is one guy who's re- has to register with Elections BC, and yeah. he did head up an anti-vaxxer yeah. um, uh, protest. So, oh, yeah. and then, again, many media reports have reported this.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it, you know. Uh, the, the the bar is so high. I think even the bar was significantly lower. I don't think, I don't think they would have it's succeeded. Not gonna, it's in not going to happen. I'm, an an EB E-B recall. Recall.
1: I'm not even sure why it even remains on the books. Well, I yeah, mean, it's just a useless piece of legislation.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, how many of these we've gone through? There's been several. there Has been many examples of these. They all fail. None none of them ever. They worked. all
1: fail, but they also can be very personal and yeah. very uh, destructive in terms yeah. of the, the individuals they're targeting, yes. for really obscure reasons. It's yeah. done, I mean,
0: there have been some nasty ones. Oh, there's the been year.
1: some. There was a real nasty one against Paul Ramsey. back oh, in Oh, yes, 90s of I Prince remember. George. That was yeah. a real, real bad one. And it yeah. really it's, it's sort of demeaning to the politicians who are involved. who have done no, nothing wrong.
0: Let's talk a little breaking news here. The government had earlier ordered a forensic audit of B.C. housing. Remember when David yep. Eby cleaned house over there? What? So they
1: received it just... Uh, Uh, moving right now. They've received the audit from Ernst & Young. Uh, It's not going to be released immediately because under the Freedom of Information uh, Protection of Privacy Act, any third party, and my understanding is there's a number of third parties mentioned in this report, they have to be given uh, uh, sufficient notice uh, to them for a response or just to realize that they're in this report before the release of the information. So I'm not sure if that's days or weeks but it's probably going to be a very interesting audit because we've done stories in the past yeah. about some of these agencies getting money and not necessarily delivering the goods and not being held accountable. Remember that one agency we're trying to find out, you're, you're getting millions of dollars from the province, but you won't tell us how much you're making yeah. in terms of a salary, yeah. um, which is a small thing, but nevertheless revealing of some of the lack of accountability. So there definitely
0: o- need some more more accountab- public accountability in how this money is oh, being spent.
1: for sure. But again, yeah. the report's in but it's not going to be made public for some time yet.
0: This had started when Eby was the housing minister before he became premier, and he had fired the board over there and had earlier raised questions about inadequate oversight over the decisions over there at BC Housing, the spending that was going on. He
1: fired a number of so-called housing activists and replaced them with senior civil servants, um, former auditor general, former deputy um, minister to the premier. Uh, under the BC Liberals. So th- those are the people who have been running the show since then.
0: Right. He ended up firing the entire board over there, and then E.B. later revealed that this audit had been underway for many months previous and had not been disclosed to the public earlier that that audit was going on, but apparently now in the hands of hands of government.
1: It's in uh, Ravi Kalon's the housing minister's hands now. Uh, they're going through it. They're notifying the third parties, the agencies and individuals who are mentioned in this report, uh, they have to be given notice under the law that they're in this for a response. Uh, so probably, I would say we're talking weeks before it's made public.
0: And could that result in any significant changes into oversight and and the governance and how these oh, sure. how this is managed? Yeah,
1: I would think so if if it uncovered you know sort of systemic problems in terms of money going out the door and not really figuring out why it was spent or where it was spent. And was it done, everything with due diligence? Sure, there's going to be some changes.
0: Okay, the House, the legislature shut down this week. It's back in business next week. Real quickly, what's the latest on the Surrey policing decision? When do you anticipate that? Could that be be next week? I don't think it'll be next week.
1: I understand it's not going to be before the end of the month. Uh, I, I expect, based on everything I've been hearing, but nothing firm,
0: probably April or May before we get a final decision.